Welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast, where two generations of owls, Michael the dad, me, and Hank the son, discuss the latest in movies, plays, books, video games, and more. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Owls on Culture podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Owl, and I am here with... Hank Owl. Hank Owl, what are we talking about today? Today, we are continuing our IMDb's Top 100 Movies of All Time series. We're on number 97, and that is Citizen Kane, directed by Orson Welles, written by Herman J. Mankiewicz and Orson Welles, starring Orson Welles, Joseph (laughs) Cotton, Dorothy Cummingore, and Agnes Moorhead. Following the death of publishing tycoon Charles Foster Kane, reporters scramble to uncover the meaning of his final utterance, Rosebud. Ah, very cool. Uh, What are your thoughts on this movie? Uh, So, lots of thoughts on this movie. Uh, I first saw this movie in college in a film appreciation class, which was super fun. Uh, This is one of those movies that people write, you know, tons of books on and, and lots of things have been studied about it. And the professor took uh, the time to kind of go into all the cool kind of little facets about it, most of which I don't remember, unfortunately, but some of some of which I do. This movie got a little more attention than some of the others because uh, when we had prepared for the final, he went ahead and told us it was going to be either Citizen Kane, this movie, or another one that would be on the final. So this is we not only got the the regular treatment of it in class, but also everybody had to go back and study it and watch it again and that kind of thing. Oh, what was that other movie? The other movie was Do the Right Thing by Spike Lee. Uh, what movie did he choose? He chose Do the Right Thing. So that was pretty cool. Very different movies. Uh, I don't know. I imagine we'll be talking about Do the Right Thing pretty soon. We're actually not going. There's no Spike Lee movie on the top 250. I was so shocked by that when I was looking through it. Wait, not even not even just not on the 100, but on the 250? On the whole 250. The people that have accounts that I have IMDb accounts need to rate Spike Lee movies higher. That's so uh, yeah, that, definitely. So that's the negative on this. I guess the way this list was was made because that's insane that there's no Spike Lee movie in the top 100. Um, so maybe we'll do a Spike Lee special yeah. at some point uh, and watch a bunch of his because that's that seems crazy to me. Uh, especially do the right thing. Such a great movie and very influential. Uh, Anyways, yeah, so that's that's kind of my history with it. Um, what about yours? Were you aware of this film? I, I was slightly aware of this film. I really didn't know anything about what it was about. All I knew it was like, this is the best film. Like, this is the American Film Institute's best film of all time. So I just heard, like, this is great. Gotcha. That's that's really all. I didn't really know any details about it all. Though It was just just great. All right, cool. Uh, what did you enjoy about this movie? Uh, lots. This was, I really, you know, not surprising to think this is an amazing film. Uh, the narrative device is something I really, really love in this. And you kind of said it on your uh, intro to the movie. It's a basic setup. You know, this is the dying man's last words. They want to try to find out what it means. So that that's our, that's our setup. And it's really clear and cool. It's a mystery. You know, and uh, they use a bunch of different. Um, so it's basically like an amateur detective, you know, the guy heading the newsreel, you know, trying to find out that's his angle into the the final project. So it's pretty, it's pretty cool. I love that. I thought it was pretty awesome. It was uh, interesting. 
seeing it, knowing the answer to the mystery, which we're not going to spoil or reveal. But so, like often, as you watch a movie that you've seen the second time, you know, you get new things from it. But especially in a mystery, it, it, it's perfectly legitimate, like what the answer was to what Rosebud is. And you see the clues there that I completely missed the first time. But it, seeing it the second time, it's obvious, which is, you know, exactly how it's supposed to be, right? You know, your ending to a mystery is supposed to be, you know, surprising but inevitable, so the second time you see it, it's no longer surprising and you can see how it really was inevitable and how they laid all the clues out there for you. But they did so in, the, in a subtle enough way that, you know, I certainly didn't figure it out. And, you know, I, I don't I think most people probably didn't either. So I love that. I love that. And, uh, you know, I like the fact that it was only two hours, but that it felt like it was longer <laughs> movie in, in the good way. Like, I, I feel the the opposite i felt it was like shorter due to it's like what you talked about before and it's kind of like it's simplicity like it's just you find out the meaning of this and then we get more while he does that and it's kind of just connecting the dots of the people he's interviewing so i it felt shorter to me yeah and i can see that and i think what i mean by it felt longer i guess we really learned so much about this man's life and he's such a you know big figure you know there's a lot to learn uh so even though it only took two hours, I feel like yeah, I was, you know, watching it for three, three and a half hours. Again, in the good way, not the, that it's too long way. So, I don't know. What about you? What uh, what did you like? Uh, first, I just want to say this movie, I really love the beginning of this movie. There's a lot of exposition. Like, there's a little bit before it, but, like, the main beginning is kind of this newsreel. Our, our main character who does the interviews, his unfinished newsreel or his rough draft of it. And what it does is like it gives you kind of this general overview of Charles Foster Kane's life. And like as you go on in the movie, you get more details about that. You get the emotions and the thoughts and the different characters that played into his life. But like that was a really cool way and like of to do the exposition because we kind of already know the trajectory of his life. We just are filling in the blanks as we go along. And like that seems like it could be like done really poorly. Because it's kind of just like, Charles Foster Kane did this, and he did this, and then he did this. Uh, but I, it was just done really well and realistically, and it didn't feel like you, you, he, the, he was, they were spoon-feeding anything to you. That's really, I don't know why I had such difficulty with that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I think you're absolutely right. Like, it was very clear. And then right after the newsreel, you know, the, the, the man, the amateur detective's boss you know, basically says, you know, gives him a very specific directive of find out what this means and talk to these people, you know, and he kind of singles out some people and gives an idea. So like very, very smoothly done. Yeah. And it's very, we talked about this in the last podcast, how it kind of like the, the before the inciting incident on the, all the movies in top 100 that I've seen, it's very like quickly, it really gets you going into the story very quickly. And that I feel like that's good. And I feel like we're going to see that a lot more. Uh, one thing, another thing I enjoyed was uh, the acting, especially Orson Welles. Like, you can really see, like, the way he plays it. Like, Charles Foster's claim, like, decline in morality and kind of just his seeing the world as darker and being a worse person. He plays that really well, like, the differences between him and the different stages of his life. And it's just, just great. And, like, the ending... Like, there's the great mystery we're trying to 
solved when it finally does get solved it's just so so satisfying and it'd be just an absolute crime to spoil it but it's just like everything it everything makes sense once you know that now like there's like while you're watching the movie like it's very good but you feel like there's something missing and like something missing is solved and just gives you a greater understanding of charles foster kane that character and a greater understanding of the movie so you were you were really satisfied when that mystery got resolved and that yes. made sense and, and you, you were talking about that before like surprising but inevitable because i was like that whoa and it couldn't have been anything else and it does it does answer and fill in gaps at least to me like on his you know personality and his journey which is ironically the exact opposite of what the the guy who is the lead detective you know figures out you know, he says, like, because I... I he basically says, Rosebud wouldn't help us learn anything. Yeah, but I thought it really did. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you did so too. did I. Yeah, so I love that. That's and I think that did that purposely. It's kind of like a false ending. You think, like, oh, it means nothing. Oh, it means everything. Yeah, it really that just fits in so nicely. Yeah. Um. Anything you felt... I mean, this is... Seems one of the best movies of all time. But is there anything you felt negative about the movie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah kinda. Um, and again, the, the, you know, certainly don't want to nitpick anything. But his second wife, uh, Susan Kane, who is meant to be, you know, um, of a different class and is meant to be a, a very polarizing character in the 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 world of the film, <laughs> her voice drove me nuts. And her behavior just really uh, graded on me, which I think is supposed to. And again, she's, you know, this is not a spoiler, uh, you know, trying to be an opera singer. And her, her, so her voice is supposed to not be great because she's not going to succeed at it. But, you know, it, I, would, uh, I, would, I would tone her down for my own sanity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's, yes. I mean, that's about it, you know? Well, well, one could argue that Charles Foster Kane makes her that annoying. You're so like right. her annoyingness is a product of his effect on her. Yeah, but completely. Right. Um, the one thing I thought was kind of negative, and this is also not really a negative about the movie, it's that it's just really hard to live up to the expectations. And I like, I really, really enjoyed this movie. This is like the favorite of my favorite of the top 100 so far. And it's just, it still was like, it's still not as good as everyone said it was. Yeah, that I think that's going to be a big uh, struggle for a lot of these movies that were on the list that were maybe earlier in time, you know, that have had these decades to be built up in the reputation. I saw this on a review. It's like, even if this is the best movie of all time, it's still not as good as everyone told you it was. <laughs> right, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you uh, do you see any parallels to this movie to what's going on in the world now uh, yes Just there's speak to us yes especially since it revolves around a lot around a newspaper and news and the way Charles Foster Kane does news sometimes is like it's like all right well we have two article options one that says I'm great and one that says the people that say I'm bad are lying yeah, <laughs> that's right. So it's really kind of, um, I don't even know if it's technically ahead of its time, but because I, who knows what happened, you know, the similar uh, revelations could have been made, you know, hundreds of years ago with uh, facts being bent for uh, someone's particular agenda. 
But it certainly resonates right now in our world as we see what's going on with our society. And I found that I was surprised at how um, prescient or how just how much it fits with what's going on right now. It's like, oh, that's sure it's a newspaper, but you know, we could change that to any number of other media and have it be just as applicable. So, wow. yeah. So you uh, put this at the top so far of what we've seen. Yes. I think I'm going to do the same. Yeah, and I, a part of me feels like looking at the movies, of course, just this is, I, I imagine that it's going to stay that way for a good bit. Oh, interesting. So you're peeking ahead a little bit of the list? Well, yeah, well, I, I think I pretty much have an understanding of everything that's on the list. Okay. Because I've, I've looked over it a lot. Just So, so I'm going to stay rel- relatively ignorant and just kind of see what comes, uh, if I can maintain the temptation not to do so. Would you like to know what's next, though? I would. Well, like it. I bet the listeners episode. would like to know what's next as well. The next is the 2012 movie, I think it's foreign language, of The Hunt by Thomas Vinterberg. Okay, The Hunt by Thomas Vinterberg. Well, that'll be next on the uh, Amazon Culture Countdown of IMDb's. And we may, and we may do movies. multiple at a time, but like that's just definitely going to be part of it. All right, cool. Awesome. Anything else you want to say about Citizen Kane for right now? No. All right. Me neither. Thank you for listening, everybody. Until we meet again. Yeah. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Owls on Culture podcast. Our theme music was recorded and assembled by Marine Sosier and Antoine Blanc. The show is produced by Pinecone Turkey. To learn more about Pinecone Turkey, visit pineconeturkey.com. We can the latest blog posts from the Owls on Culture hosts and sign up for the flock email. Twice a month newsletter Curated by Pico Turkey. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by leaving us a rating.